Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We cover soccer in Atlanta in the United States, in this hemisphere, in the world. We'd cover it out in space if I knew where it was. That's what we do on Atlanta Soccer tonight. So, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I guess we have to talk about the game in Columbus over the weekend. It's not a pretty one, and I wish we didn't have a whole segment to talk about it, but here we are on a Monday night. 6-1 loss in Columbus, the biggest loss in Atlanta United history, and one that, look, I don't think anybody saw coming. If there's anybody out there who can actually prove that they have a betting slip of a 6-1 predicted win for Columbus going into this, um, I'd love to see it because I don't think it exists. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, Columbus fans didn't see this coming. I don't think Wilfred Nancy saw this coming. I uh, don't think Gonzalo Pineda saw this coming. I don't think anybody in Atlanta saw it coming. It's one of those nights that I honestly don't know how to feel about it yet. And I, I was having lunch with my good friend Kelly today, and we were talking about this game, and I, I kind of hit on something that that stuck with me, and it's it's been marinating in my mind all day. I'll know how to feel about the loss in Columbus after I see how the team starts against the Red Bulls on Saturday. Is this an aberration? Is this one of those bad nights at the office that just kept getting compounded and you throw it in the trash when it's done? Those happen. Good teams have those kinds of losses. 2018 Atlanta United season opener, 4-0 at Houston Dynamo. It happens. Is that what this was? I don't know yet. I don't know. Is it purely because of the international absences? I don't think so. Does that factor into the way everything went down? Yes, of course it does, because you're missing players that have built a really nice chemistry with this team. You're missing players who have played very well this season. 
And maybe most importantly, you were missing more options in changing things, which you didn't really have a lot of. That's the the real challenging aspect of breaking this game down. And we'll do that here in this first segment. Um, we'll get into the Red Bulls game coming up in segment two. Matt Harmon, the New York Red Bulls radio play-by-play commentator, had a chance to talk to him today. Some interesting clips uh, of our conversation. I'll share those with you. In segment two, of course, the three four three to wrap things up. I just I don't know how to feel about this loss yet until I see what happens afterwards. And look, tomorrow is uh, training, and it's not going to be the full squad. Obviously, there's still guys on international duty. Miles Robinson played ninety minutes tonight for the U.S. Men's National Team. We'll talk a little more about that. Didn't play the first game, but played ninety tonight. He's in Orlando, so I mean. He could be in the building tomorrow. He's not going to train. He just played last night, tonight. But what will it look like tomorrow even? Because it's not going to lie, it's something I'm looking for in a training session. It's open to the media. I will be there. I'll be watching, taking some pictures, shooting some video. You'll get to see that as the week goes on. But I'll be looking to see what it looks like tomorrow and what it feels like maybe more than anything. Again, is, is this an aberration that you can take the stat sheet, wad it up, throw it in the trash? Or is it something that will stick with this team in a in a good way or a bad way? Just don't know yet. I'm glad that if you're going to have a loss like this, it happens early after a really good start. It's easier to take that way. It's also easier to learn from and to not have it repeat itself. When this happens late in the season, it's a little bit harder to bounce back. You're a little more set in your ways. This is a good time to get punched in the mouth multiple times in a night because you can take something from it and build. What do we take from this loss for Atlanta United and Columbus? Here's what sticks with me. I don't have a lot of bullet points on this game. I'm not going to really go into the stat sheet with you. It's kind of pointless. The opening goal for Columbus, we've talked about it many times. Game state is a very important thing. Conceding first is a very big hole to climb out of in any league in the world. It's a bigger hole in Major League Soccer on the road. Just a fact. That's historical facts for you. Gave up the first goal. It was a little bit of a weird situation. I, I didn't think it was a great cross from Alexandru Matan, who I thought was really good in the first half for Columbus. He's trying to play a, a low ball through a crowd that's just not going to get there, but it, it takes a deflection, kind of popped up into the air off of Santiago Sosa. And Aiden Morris is the first one to react to it. Full credit to him. And Atlanta United defensively needs to react quicker. But a little bit of a fluky goal. I wouldn't say against the run of play. I don't think either team really had any control at that point. It happens. You conceded it. Then what? Didn't get a shot in the first half. That's a problem. Columbus only had five. That's okay. Columbus had more of the possession. It's not ideal, but Atlanta has shown that they can defend and they can create opportunities off of that pressure. Now, they didn't do that against Columbus, uh, really at all. That's an issue. That's something that needs to be corrected. That's something I take away from this game that concerns me a little bit. 
little bit different pieces up top. Miguel Berry instead of Yorgos Yakamakis. Caleb Wiley was there. Luis Adarujo was there. Tiago Almada was not. And Tiago Almada's pressing is a very underrated element of his game. We know he drops in deeper in possession to help the team build up play. But he's very good defensively. And in some of those moments, his additional pressure, it can create a line of four up top for one. And he's also very good at figuring out the times to step up and create that line of four, play next to the forward, but also sometimes to sit in the pocket behind and try to pick off a pass that comes through. It also makes things a little bit easier for the 6-8 combination. Franco Ibarra, Mateus Hosechu, or Omar Sadich to be able to jump into those passing lanes, close things down as well. So the press, the counter press, not good enough in this game at all. It was the worst of the season. Okay, that's one takeaway that I can definitely feel pretty strongly about after watching this game back, thinking about it. The biggest issue in this match was the injury to Andrew Gutman. Here's why. Columbus caught, I think, most people by surprise by starting two up top. Now, if you listen to the conversation last week that I had with Chris Doran, the commentator for the Columbus Crew Radio Network, um, it was a possibility. I thought that Chris didn't expect it to happen. That was the, the takeaway I had from our conversation. I didn't expect it to happen. Have not seen it all season from... Wilfred Nancy in Columbus. And one reason you haven't seen it is you haven't had Christian Ramirez all season. Wilfred Nancy spoke to the media last week and, and he said that Ramirez had played 45 minutes for Columbus Crew 2 in a preseason friendly. He thought he could get 45 minutes out of him in this match, maybe a little bit more. We started. That was surprising. But Andrew Gutman gave you cover in those situations. And think back to last year, we saw Andrew Gutman play as a left center back. Um, in a true line of five. Now, that's a little bit different than what this was going to play like, but he was your mix center back, if you will. I like to talk about the mix midfielder. Mike Conti and I were having a conversation before the game in Columbus. The six defined defensive midfielder, the 10 defined playmaker. The eight, it gets called a whole bunch of things around the world. Um, I had a good friend, Ricardo Montoya, who called it a mix midfielder. They have to do a mix of things. I, I like the term. Well, in this situation, Andrew Gutman was kind of the mix defender because he's a fullback in a 4-3-3. But when Ramirez and Jason Russell Rowe were up high, Gutman became a center back and stayed back and Caleb Wiley would drop and become a wing back. So he gave you the ability to do both. He was the only one who could give you that ability to do both that was available. Ronald Hernandez, I think, could do that. It, it would be not maybe not as experienced at it as Andrew Gutman, but he could do that. Wasn't available. He's with Venezuela as a national team. You didn't have another center back you could bring in. Miles Robinson was with the U.S. Luis Abram is with Peru. You could drop Santi Sosa there, I guess, and then just play three center backs. But again, this is Andrew Gutman going down at the very end of the first half. You don't expect Christian Ramirez to be able to go a whole lot longer in the second half. And you're trailing 1-0. So do you want to go to a 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1 or whatever the shape would turn into? Do you want to do that at that point when you haven't done it all season? Probably not. So Caleb Wiley, 
moves to left back. Tyler Wolf comes in at left wing. Tyler Wolf trained very well last week. He's finally healthy after a shoulder injury with the U20s. Looked good. Didn't look good in this match. It looked like he he just couldn't find the rhythm. Same with Santiago Sosa. Sosa was playing the eight role as opposed the mix role, if you will, as opposed to the the double pivot. Did not want it to look like a double pivot, Gonzalo Pineda. He he wants one holding midfielder behind two midfielders, and one of them again is a mix, and then the other one's Tiago Almada, who can mix whatever he wants the way he plays. You lost Gutman and it felt like the whole balance of the team was lost. Now, no updates on Andrew Gutman yet. Again, uh, the team, we returned. I, I was there. I was on the flight. Returned uh, early, early Sunday morning and did not train today. Uh, I'm not sure if he went in for treatment or not, but we probably won't have an update until Thursday when Gonzalo Pineda speaks to the media. Gonzalo said after the match uh, that he was told it was something in the groin. Um, I've also heard quad, so I don't know. I'd be surprised if he's available this week, just out of precaution. He did have a quad injury last year that kept him out for a decent while. So hopefully not that long, but you do have time to prepare now. You didn't have time in this one. You had to make a sub before halftime because there was too much time to really just let it go to halftime. You would have had to play shorthanded for about five, six minutes or so. Made the sub with Tyler Wolf. Could have adjusted things a little bit differently at halftime, but again, you don't think Christian Ramirez is, is going to go a whole lot longer. Well, it didn't matter because Columbus got two goals in about five minutes to start the second half and killed the game. It, it ended it. Uh, the first goal, you know, it, it's a good finish from Ramirez. He's, he's too open on the backside of the play between Wiley and Porata. I thought Wiley struggled defensively with the move back to fullback. He hasn't played it this season. It showed. I think he can be a fine fullback, but when you've been playing as a very free attacker on the left side, and then you have to be a disciplined defender, it's tough. That's a tough mindset change, and it's a very difficult one with Wiley's experience level. He struggled in some of these moments. Um, third goal, I, I mean, it just it just kept going from there. It's a corner kick. It's too easy for Quentin. I think Sosa's defending him, trying to body him off. Can't do it, Quentin. Big fella, six foot five, and he gets to the ball first, wins it. Ball, the cross gets just over Noah Cobb's head. It's weird in a six-one game. I, I think Noah Cobb was all right. I, I didn't have any major issues with his game. He had one giveaway that he recovered quickly. Uh, the fourth goal that, that really put it away. The third goal did to me, but the fourth goal really did. It's miscommunication with Parata and with Barry. Barry starts to check and then takes off. He wants the ball played in over the top. Parata plays it to Barry checking back. They're not on the same page, and then the reaction was bad. The It was slow to recover, and Columbus scored the fourth. Brooks Lennon pulls one back. doesn't really matter at that point. Parata's offside. Would have pulled another one back. Would have been 5-2. Columbus gets another one at the very end to make it 6-1. It is a very sour taste to leave after this match, after such a good start. It's a very sour taste. But is it just that? Is it just a bad night at the office? Is it just a sour, sour taste in your mouth that you can fix? I don't know, whatever you like. Mints, you know, peppermint, mouthwash, whatever, whatever does the trick for you. Is that what it takes to fix this? Is it something worse? I don't think we really have an answer yet. I think it's, it's, you have to be very careful in jumping to conclusions. Because 190 minutes, not at full strength, doesn't wash away 360 minutes. That was generally very, very, very good. 
But is it going to be more than just 90 minutes? I'm looking to see how this team starts against the Red Bulls. We're going to get into it coming up next on the show. Be back in five minutes. You're going to hear from Matt Harmon, the play-by-play commentator for Red Bulls Radio. Great insight from a good friend in the business, one of my favorites in the business, Matt Harmon. You're going to hear about what they have to do to get their result and what maybe is a little bit different about the Red Bulls in 2023. We'll bounce around the league and we'll talk U.S. men's national team as well. That's all coming up in five. Atlanta Soccer tonight will be right back on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Breaking everything down from the weekend that was in Major League Soccer. It was not a pretty one for Atlanta United. 6-1 losers in Columbus. And you know, it doesn't get any easier when you look at the schedule. It is the New York Red Bulls coming to town on Saturday. A team that Atlanta United has never beaten in the regular season. Some close calls, but never a win in regular season play against the Red Bulls. It's two teams that have diametrically opposed philosophies about the game and how to approach it. Atlanta wants the ball. Red Bulls don't really want the ball. Atlanta will counterpress to win the ball back. Red Bulls will press all the time to create chaos, to be disruptive, and to create opportunities out of that. Not really a playmaker, per se, for the Red Bulls. The press is the playmaker for them. Will Atlanta have their playmaker back? Tiago Almada, uh, he'll be back. Everybody will be back from international duty. The questions are just going to revolve around when they get back, For some of them, it's literally uh, flight schedules and and how to get back to Atlanta as quickly as possible, but also how much they play in the last game of the break. Yorgos Yakimakis in a friendly today for Greece came off the bench. He didn't start. He started in the first game. I think all told around 90 minutes for him in two games. Miles Robinson played 90 minutes in two games, but 90 tonight, Monday to Saturday, not too bad in terms of rest and also not too much travel. He's coming back from Orlando. So, okay, those two you feel pretty good about. Now, Tiago Almada, he's going to play tomorrow night for Argentina against Curacao in Buenos Aires. Now, 
How quickly can he get back to Atlanta? We don't really know because I, I would assume if he's on a commercial flight, you're flying overnight and you're probably going to have to arrive Thursday morning. Maybe other arrangements have been made. I'm not sure of that, but Almada won't play 90 minutes tomorrow night. That I do feel pretty sure about. How much? We just don't know yet. Derek Etienne plays tomorrow. If Andrew Gutman is out and Caleb Wiley becomes a left back, then Derek Etienne becomes very important for this team. He scored for Haiti in their first game in CONCACAF Nations League in this break. They'll have an opportunity to add more goals to the tally, build more confidence, and come back to the A with multiple goals under his belt. We're just going to have to play this by ear as the week goes on. There's no way to know right now what that looks like. There is a way to know what the Red Bulls are going to look like, and I had a chance to talk to somebody who knows better than anybody. Matt Harmon, their play-by-play commentator, long time for Red Bull Radio. Uh, you can listen to it on TuneIn, um, also on the Red Bulls website. Matt and Steve Jolly, one of the best duos in the league. And to hear a little bit from Matt, let's start with a question about the defense. The Red Bulls have only given up seven shots on target this season. Whole season. Not in one game. Whole season. Seven. That's better than anybody in MLS history. I ask Matt, is there anything that the Red Bulls are doing differently on defense this year? Um, I would say just from a standpoint of, and it would probably be something that most people wouldn't think. We talked about it, my, my partner Steve Jolly and I, we talked about it over the course of this past weekend um, down in Charlotte and, and going into that game. How good actually the two sixes have been for Red Bull and Frankie Amaya and Daniel Edelman, two young guys that have started to really form a, a, a nice connection to almost in a way, make it a little bit easier for what Sean Nealis, Andres Reyes have to do. Now, those two guys as the two center backs, I would say this Reyes is just a physical presence. Um, he He's a guy that makes up so much ground and in the Red Bull system, we've, we've always seen that whether it's been, someone like an Aaron Long, players even before that, having guys that can cover ground, be physical, and be comfortable in one-on-one matchups. That, that's, that's been, to me, um, those two guys, that partnership going together has been good, both as the two center backs and as those two sixes. One big part of the Red Bulls' defense is their left back, John Tolkien. I feel like he's really coming into his own, 20 years old now, it's been a really good start to the year for Tolkien. Uh, the hair's actually been consistent this year as well. Looks a little flock of seagulls. Uh, hey, I, I wish I could do that sort of thing. I, I don't have any hair to play with. Um, let's hear a little bit from Matt Harmon about John Tolkien's start to 2023. Uh, he's been good. And, you know, the, the nice thing about um, John is, you know, listen, he is, his, much like you're talking about Caleb Wiley, their profiles have certainly increased, but he has not changed. And I'll talk about it off the field. He has not changed as a person. He's still the same. I'll say kid. I mean, he's so fun to be around and he's so engaging. Um, he's the first person when you're sitting in having a meal with the team to come over. How are you doing? How are your kids? What have you been up to? How is your travel down? I mean, he's just that kind of player. And I think it's helped him on the field as well, because if you're if you're developing maturity wise off the field, there's a pretty good chance you're doing it on the field as well. And, and I think for him, he's clearly very comfortable with the system. Um, the nice thing for him, depending on how Red Bull plays and, and it's the same for a Caleb Wiley, if he is given the green light to go forward, 
he can be an extra attacker basically um, in the final third. He's got a good, good cross. He's a, a natural lefty. He can be dynamic. He doesn't have any fear of going forward. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny this past week, again, Charlotte, we talked about towards the end of the game, he was fouled by uh, Enzo Capetti. And it was something that two years ago, it actually, the same kind of play cost Red Bull a goal. He rolled off the field, so play continued. This year, he stayed on the field so that they had to stop play before there was a throw-in. And just those little things. And, and you know, I, I talked to him at the beginning part of the year um, and was a simple conversation. Hey, how was it? And he knew exactly what I was talking about. Getting called in to national team training camp for him was absolutely huge. I think it's opened his eyes up to a whole other world around him and he is really thriving within it that last part's really important from matt Harmon, red bulls radio play-by-play john tolkien was called into the january camp and it's had a very positive effect on him to start the season when when young guys get that call up or seasoned veterans get that call up it's a boost and, and that's something that you're looking for from the seven players that atlanta united had called up for international duty whether they, they have great performances or not. And Tolkien, you know, definitely helped himself with his performances in, in the January camp. Getting the opportunity to wear that kit of your country, being one of the best players from your country and being recognized as such, it is a jolt of confidence. It is a boost. It can overcome some of the travel side of it. It, it can't overcome just the minutes that are being added on to you. It is a big confidence booster. I think we've seen it with Tiago Almada this year. The Red Bulls have seen it with John Tolkien as well. Final question for Matt was on what are the keys for the Red Bulls to come into Atlanta and keep this unbeaten run in regular season play against the five stripes going? I don't know. I would always say now, just because of the way that the, these regular season games have gone between Atlanta and New York, to me, it's always are you going to be able to match the moments at Mercedes-Benz where Atlanta is feeding off the crowd? They're sensing a goal might be out there. Um, I mean, listen, clearly New York has had success in the regular season against Atlanta. But at some point, you, you, you just don't want to be on the other end of when that bubble bursts a little bit. And at times in games, I can think back to the game that we played down there last year. That game could have gone completely one way or the other. Credit Red Bull for kind of, okay, we're going to dig our heels in a little bit. We're going to figure out a way. Um, and, and they were able to do that. And you just want that to continue. To me, that's always the, the trick walking into your guy's building is, you know, it's going to be packed. You know, it's going to be loud. Um, you know, based on the regular season history, I'm imagining people in Atlanta are probably tired of not getting good results in three points against New York. So I would think there's a little extra edge during the course of the week in training for you guys. Yeah. I'm with Matt on that. As, as you heard me say there before I uh, did not clip myself very well. Yes. I do think there will be an extra edge in training this week. Uh, I think it's what happened anyway, against the Red Bulls. You, again, you just know what you're getting yourself into. You've got to be sharp, but when it's coming off of a loss like Columbus was, I think that, internal pressure ramps up even higher because you want to redeem yourselves with a strong performance. You definitely love to do it against a team that you've not beaten in regular season play. 
One of the biggest wins in club history, though, was against the New York Red Bulls. It was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, it was the first leg of the Eastern Conference Final in 2018. And it was one of the best performances by an Atlanta United side, period, ever. Uh, it was a better performance than MLS Cup for me. It was just an incredibly dominant thrashing and that third goal put everything away. We're playing two legs at that time. I wish they were still doing it now. It's a topic for another day. But that performance is the kind of performance you're looking for here. Is that possible against this Red Bulls team that is as good as they are defensively? Yes, it is, because I think Atlanta United has been that good attacking-wise. I think at full strength, this team has been the best attacking team in the league. Will they be at full, full strength? We just don't know yet. Will Tiago Almada be 100%? Can he go 90? Hopefully you don't need him to, but probably you will against the team this good. It's going to be a fascinating chess match. And we'll talk about it more as the week goes on. Stoppage time will be on Wednesday. March to match day will come out on Friday. You're going to hear from all the players who speak to the media this week and Gonzalo Pineda. Hopefully you'll hear from Gerhard Struber, the Red Bulls manager, any players they make available to media. That'll be on March to match day. But it becomes a chess match where Atlanta United has to be brave in possession because they're not going to have a lot of time to make decisions. You've got to be brave. You've got to trust the players around you. You've got to break lines with passes. You've got to get past that first line of pressure. Got to punish the Red Bulls for playing so high up the field. Atlanta can absolutely do that. And they're going to have to to get that result that they need here. I'm looking for performance number one. I'm looking for quality of performance because that's the part that you can control. You can play well and have a crazy deflection go against you and lose. That happens. We see it all the time. I don't want to see that happen on Saturday night, but you can control the level of your performance, and that's what Atlanta United has to do. If they play well and don't get three points, I'll still feel a whole lot better about things. If they don't play, play well and get three points, I might still have some questions after the Columbus game. Um, I don't think it will be possible for them to do that, though, against a team of quality of the Red Bulls. Plenty more as the week goes on as we talk about the New York Red Bulls coming to town. Let's talk about a team that's 5-0-0 right now in Major League Soccer, St. Louis City SC. They had the best expansion start by an MLS team. Now they have one of the greatest starts, period, in league history. 4-0 route over Real Salt Lake Saturday night. Bradley Carnell, their manager, former Red Bulls manager, said uh, it was magnificent. St. Louis, they've joined the LA Galaxy in 96 and Sporting Kansas City in 2012. That's the only three teams to earn a perfect 15 points out of five. St. Louis has a plus 11 goal differential. That's unprecedented. Never happened. Sometimes in a, in a route like that, and RSL was at home in this. And first half, RSL had a ton of opportunities. Sometimes in a big win like that, a defensive play can get lost in the shuffle. It shouldn't in this case, because very late in the first half, RSL had a huge opportunity from about 12 yards out. And Roman Berkey made one of the best saves of the season. Berkey got down low, right hand, keeps it out. That kept it scoreless going into the break. St. Louis went on to score four in the second half. Sometimes little plays like that can give you that spark. Now, one thing that St. Louis does and something that Columbus did in their match against Atlanta, two up top. And we're seeing a few more teams play two up top. 
it had kind of fallen out of vogue a little bit there for a while. And you saw everybody playing 4-3-3 or variations of it. More teams with two up top, and they're doing it in a variety of ways. Uh, the Red Bulls play two up top sometimes. Now, they did not in Charlotte. They played a 4-2-3-1 there, but they have played a 4-2-2-2 before. Um, that's a little unique. Columbus, more of a, a 3-4-1-2 or 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Alexandre Matan was in a very free role behind the two forwards. Two up top can be interesting. Gave Atlanta some problems in, in Columbus. We'll see if the Red Bulls do it, maybe after watching that tape back and how it works. I think the 4-2-2-2 in a very pressing style sometimes can get a little too narrow. And that would play well for Atlanta with getting attacks going down the flank, something Atlanta does very well. Chess match. It's coming up on Saturday. Some other stuff around the league. Jordan Morris, four goals. He's the player of the match day in MLS. Seattle fell behind in this game to Kansas City on the road and then came back and scored four through Jordan Morris. Uh, 16th player in Major League Soccer history to score four goals. Now, he is leading the Golden Boot race, seven goals in five games. That's as many as he had all of last season. His career best is 12, 2016. He's only five off of that, Jordan Morris. Kind of lighting it up right now. Maybe trying to get back into that U.S. men's national team. Maybe seeing what Ricardo Pepe's up to. Talk about that as we go. Char Charlotte FC, Poland striker, Karol Schwiderski. He scored for Poland today. 1-0 win over Albania. Poland needed those points in Euro 2024 qualifiers. Their first of the campaign. And let's talk national team. Let's talk Ricardo Pepe and the U.S. men's national team. El Salvador gave them some problems tonight. I, I thought Hugo Perez had a really good setup in, in this one and contained the U.S. for the first half. Now, some tweaks, some here and there. Maybe El Salvador got a little tired. Ricardo Pepe comes into the match and almost one of his first touches, he scores in the 62nd minute. Perfectly timed run, really good ball from Weston McKinney. The finish from Pepe, I thought, was exquisite. little chip over the goalkeeper who was coming out. Nice finish from Pepe. That's his sixth goal now for the national team. He scored twice on the road Friday night in Granada in a 7-1 win. The 1-0 win for the U.S. They're going to the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. Depending on tomorrow's final games in two other groups, there's a chance that the U.S. faces Mexico in the semifinal. Now, on the Atlanta side of things, the storyline is Miles Robinson. He played 90 minutes was outstanding for the U.S., just tweeted a little bit ago while we were live, said, so much hard work to get me back to this point, so nice to come back to a win and clean sheet. Miles looked like the Miles of old in this game, just like he's looked for Atlanta United this season. Now, again, 90 minutes on a Monday night. Will he be good to go on Saturday night? That'll be a question for the sports science department to figure out. I would tend to think yes, but it's just going to be something that they will be very intelligent about and not just risk him with the injury he's coming back from. Almost 11 months of recovery, Miles Robinson gets back to the national team, part of a clean sheet, was one of the best players on the field for the U.S. in this match tonight. 1-0 win over El Salvador. Anthony Hudson gets them to the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals coming up in June in Vegas. We'll break down the other games in CONCACAF Nations League. That's part of the 3-4-3 coming up next. Three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so, so much. 3-4-3 three, three 
coming up in about four minutes or so on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back, 92.9, The Game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Thanks for listening every week on the radio, on the Odyssey app, downloading the podcast. It's been a lot of fun bringing this to you all year long, and there's plenty more to come in 2023. But by now, you know what the last segment is. It's the 343, three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that make us smile about this game. Let's start with the local side of things. Number one, let's talk to a, a lot of folks around the Atlanta soccer community, and something that has been a recurring theme is the need for more coaches at the youth level, uh, recreational select as well. It's just, there's not enough coaches for the number of kids who want to play. Sometimes that means teams don't get formed. Sometimes that means that teams have too many players and kids don't get enough playing time. If you are interested in coaching or even just learning a little bit more about it, if you want to kind of sample it, there's some upcoming U S soccer coaching courses at the grassroots level next month. It's going to be in the middle of the month in Dunwoody and in Gainesville. And these happen throughout the year. There's going to be a bunch over the summer as well. Go to learning.ussoccer.com to learn more about the licensing process. I really like that they've added these grassroots courses. It is a good entry point for people who even your, your kids play and you just want to learn a little bit more about it. But if you're interested in coaching, getting those licensed, doing the courses, so, so important, and we always need more coaches for the kids. There's so many more kids who want to play now. Speaking of kids who are playing and playing pretty well, the top two boys' high school soccer teams in spring soccer in the country, top two are both from Georgia, according to the United Soccer Coaches Organization. Johnson from Gainesville is ranked number two. They are 14-0-0. 
The Knights are trying to clinch their region championship this week. They've got a big game against Cross County Rivals East Hall on Friday night. That's going to be at the Dungeon at Johnson High School. If you're in the area, that is definitely a game to check out. Should be a good one. Johnson's a really good team this year. The team that's ahead of them in the state rankings in all classifications, also in the national ranking, number one in the country, McIntosh out of Peachtree City. The Chiefs, now they were held to a draw by Pace Academy last week, but they haven't lost this year, 15-0-1. Johnson, a defending state champion. Their classification has moved. They, they were 5A last year. They're 4A this year. McIntosh is 5A. Johnson's trying to go back-to-back -back with state titles. McIntosh trying to win their third state title in the last four years. Keep an eye on both of those, and if you are in the Peachtree City area or in the Gainesville area this week, Check the schedules and get out and support some really good local high school soccer. Best in the country. Third local story you need to know about, Atlanta United 2. Season kicked off last night in MLS Next Pro. Comeback attempt came up just a little short for the twos. It was a fun match against New England in Kennesaw. Revs went up 3-0, and it looked like it was going to be a very bad night at the office following a very bad night at the office for the first team. But some changes and some substitutions and some fresh legs. And Atlanta United 2 looked really good to close this game out. Eric Centeno found Highmar crashing on the back post. That opened the scoring. Nick Firmino, who I thought was really good in this game after traveling with the first team to Columbus, getting back very late, hopefully sleeping in, and then playing a full 90 in Kennesaw. He converted from the penalty spot, cut it to 3-2. They just couldn't find that next one. That would have forced a shootout. In MLS Next Pro, both teams who in have a draw, a game finishes in a draw, they, they each get a point, but then there is a shootout for a bonus point. Good opportunity to face a little bit of pressure at this level for these young teams. I thought the, the fight back from Atlanta United 2 was really good. I was impressed with that, and it was a pretty young team for new manager Steve Cook. They're back in action at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw. Sunday night, 7 o'clock start against New York Red Bulls to... Uh, you can watch that on the MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Definitely get up to Kennesaw if you can on Sunday night to see the next generation from Atlanta United. If you can't do either one, you can listen to my call along with John Nelson on SoccerDownHere.net or on the Soccer Down Here app or on the Spreaker app. All right, four headlines from around the world. Antonio Conte, we talked about him last week. He is out at Tottenham craziness that Bayern and Tottenham both run managers off. Now, Tottenham's not as much of a surprise. Um, he threw his team under the bus <laughs> at the end of before the international break. I mean, he he threw his team under the bus and might have backed the bus up again. It was that bad. It just it seemed like he was trying to get fired with his last postgame press conference. But here's the thing for Tottenham. Daniel Levy, he's appointed 11 full-time managers at Tottenham. 11 since he took over. He's fired all of them. 11. That's a lot of firings. Sooner or later, he's going to hire a 12th. Julian Nagelsmann, who was just fired by Bayern. It could be him. Um, Levy might bring Mauricio Pochettino back for a second time. Uh, Oliver Glasner from Eintracht Frankfurt. He's another name that has come up. Won the Europa League last season. I don't know what direction Levy goes. I think he's just going to finish the year out with Christian Stellini, who was Conte's assistant. He's going to finish the year. Uh, he's been Conte's assistant at Tottenham, at Inter, at Juventus. Ten games left. 
Tottenham's in fourth. They're in a Champions League spot. That's why maybe this was a little bit of a surprise, but when Conte said what he did, he he, he kind of sealed his own fate. Is this going to work and maybe have the team kind of galvanize uh, around it? Did the players want him out? Probably after what he said about him, but this has happened multiple times now for Tottenham where player power has gotten a manager let go. At some point, and Conte kind of did this, don't you have to ask questions of the players? We'll see. We'll see if Harry Kane is back for Tottenham next year. That's another big question, as the Harry Kane sweepstakes will be starting up again as the summer window of silly season gets cranked up. Number two on the headlines, new Bayern Munich coach Thomas Tuchel. Now, he spoke to the media on Saturday. He acknowledged, look, it's kind of a difficult start to the new job. Surprise hiring anyway on Friday because it was a surprise that Nagelsmann was let go. Tuchel goes straight into big games. It starts on April 1st, Saturday, against, I don't know, the team that's fighting Bayern for the title and Borussia Dortmund. I don't know. Thomas Tuchel's former club. Holy. Ten days later, Bayern plays Manchester City in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. You're not going to have time to really rest. You're not going to have time to implement new tactics. You're not going to have time to do anything except play. Bunch of Bayern players away with the national teams right now. Seven games in the first 22 days of April. Seven games in 22 days. Out of 22 days, there's 15 that you won't be playing a game. There's seven of those, well, six of them to be exact, that you're, it's the day after a game where you're not going to have a heavy training session. That's 13 to 22. That's nine days. Then you've got the days before games. So that's, that's, that's two days that you can really have an intense practice session and really get into stuff. Two out of 22. That's a really tough gig for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Bayern could still win three titles this season, by the way. The Bundesliga, the German Cup, the Champions League. Oliver Kahn said he wants more consistency. Do you get that out of Thomas Tuchel? I'm not so sure. 2021, Bayern paid world record compensation of $27 million for the for a coach to RB Leipzig. That was so Nagelsmann could break his contract, essentially join them two years early, had two years left on his deal at, at Leipzig. Then Bayern gave Nagelsmann a five-year contract. That's pretty rare, especially for a 33-year-old. His salary reportedly 8 million pounds a season, whole package to get Julian Nagelsmann to Bayern and pay him for five years, 65 million pounds. And he's out the door. And Thomas Tuchel doesn't work cheap either. So this is a big financial gamble that Bayern Munich has just done. And it's really surprising. And is this another instance of player power? There have been rumors that some of the senior players, not a big fan, of Nagelsmann's work, wondered if there would be some heads butted as Nagelsmann, pretty blunt guy. Maybe there were, but is the leadership at Bayern maybe listening to the wrong people about this one? Because if you're listening to guys who are in their final years of their contracts and at the end of their careers, is that really who you should be listening to about who the manager should be for the next three years now? I don't know. I don't know. I, I was shocked by this one with Bayern. Tottenham, I saw coming. Bayern, I did not. Number three on the world headlines, Mexico not convincing in a 2-2 draw at the Estadio Azteca against Jamaica. 
It was enough, though, for Mexico to get to the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. Diego Coca, new manager, took over for Tata Martino, not really inspiring the El Tree fans early in his tenure. Now, Nations League continues in CONCACAF tomorrow, last games of the group stage, two big showdown games for semifinal berths. Canada hosting Honduras in Toronto. A draw would be enough for the Canadians to get through. They've got better goal differential. Honduras needs to win on the road. Now, if there has ever been a bogey team for a a team like Canada, it's Honduras. I'll always remember Canada needing to just go get a draw down in Honduras to get to the hex. This was years ago in World Cup qualifying. All they needed was a draw. They got beat 8-1 on the road in that game. Honduras would love nothing more than going to Toronto and knocking a World Cup team out of the Nations League semifinals. Now, the other game is Costa Rica hosting Panama at the Estadio Nacional. Costa Rica needs a win. Panama can get through with a draw. Semifinals June 15th. The final is on June 18th. That's going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Number four on the world headlines, Morocco. They got to the semifinals at the World Cup. Maybe that was going to be the high water mark for Morocco coach Walid Regregi. Nope. They came home, had a big celebration, welcoming the team back after a great World Cup. And, you know, what did they do? They beat Brazil. First win over Brazil ever for Morocco. This was in Tangier on Saturday. The Atlas Lions, that's what the Moroccan national team is known as. First Arab team to defeat Brazil ever. Sofian Bufal and Abdelhamid Sabiri scored for Morocco in the win. Regregi told people after the game he felt like he was dreaming. This is huge. 65,000 fans saw it. First win for Morocco over Brazil ever. Do they continue to build from here? Is Morocco a team to look at as we get towards 2026 that could win the thing? Don't rule anything out right now. Keep an eye on Morocco. This is a really good team to watch at the moment. And they're not purely defensive either. They had to do that a little bit at the World Cup. They didn't do it against Brazil. They took the game to Brazil and got the win. Really impressive. Next game for Morocco, it's tomorrow against Peru and Luis Abram. That's going to be in Madrid. It's another friendly. Now, preparations for Peru have been disrupted today. An incident of some overzealous police officers in Spain getting into it with Yoshi Yotun. Yotun's teammates intervened. The general consulate of Peru, along with the Peru embassy in Spain, they're assisting national team players and the squad with regards to the incident. Uh... Pedro Galese of Orlando City was one player who was involved in this. He has has been at the police station, I think, giving a statement uh, up until fairly recently. And this is pretty wee hours in Spain right now as we record this. So what is the state of the Peruvian national team going to be as they play Morocco tomorrow? We will wait and see. Three things that make me smile about this game as we wrap things up on Atlanta soccer tonight. Number one. Moldova. Yeah, I know you're kind of like, what? Moldova. The last time Moldova got a positive result in an official match with a team in the top 40 was almost nine years and a half ago. They drew in Russia. Moldova's ranked number 174 in the world, and they got a scoreless draw today against the Czech Republic. I love underdog stories. And Moldova is about as underdog of a story as you're going to get. This is not San Marino 
playing another super underdog and scoring a goal for the first time ever. It's not that. This is good competition. Moldova getting a scoreless draw against the Czech Republic. Full credit to them. Number two, Tiago Almada. Man, you've seen his goal for Argentina last week by now. The look on his face. If that doesn't make you smile, I, I don't know what will. And number three is just the whole outpouring of love for Argentina in Argentina for this national team, the World Cup champion, since early last week. And they play tomorrow against Curacao. Today, they were in Paraguay at Asuncion for the CONMEBOL Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana draw. A statue of Lionel Messi was unveiled. It's going to go next to statues of Pelé and of Diego Maradona. It's actually a pretty good-looking statue, too. They did a good job with this one. It's just amazing to see this, and it's been parties and celebrations, and uh, the training facility for the Argentine national team was named in honor of Lionel Messi. It's just been a wild ride watching all of it, and it's it's the stuff that we love about this game, right? It shows the passion and the emotion and all of the things that get us all wrapped up. More passion and emotion coming up on Wednesday. Mike Conti and me, stoppage time, Wednesday afternoon, 2 o'clock on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. March to Match Day will post on the Off the Woodwork podcast and on the 92.9 The Game YouTube page. That'll be on Friday around lunchtime. And then it's Saturday, Five Stripes Countdown, 7 p.m. on Saturday night. We're back at the bins. The New York Red Bulls are coming to town. You can listen to the game on 92.9 The Game the Odyssey app, and the Atlanta United app, and you can do the home radio option on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks for hanging out with me. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.